Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Thoughts Podcast. I am your host, Dominic Tartamella, and yes, we are at it again. This is episode 90, right there. We're slowly, I'm slowly creeping up on 100. I thought I'd be up to 100 by now, but I kind of slowed down uh, a little bit recently, but we're at it. We're there, 10 away. I don't know. I should probably do something special for 100. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I got to think about that. I got to think about that. Maybe a particular movie, maybe something, or maybe I'll just let the uh, chips fall where they fall. Uh, and whatever movie is 100 is 100. And that's it. Do a little spontaneous thing. But today, it is, what is it? It's Saturday night, right? And here's my wild Saturday night. I'm sitting here with my wife. And I'm eating fucking pretzels. And maybe I had a beer or two. And I finished the new, the brand new, because uh, it came out uh, about a week ago, right? It came out October 12th. Uh, and now today, at the day of this recording, it's up October 21st. So I kind of took my time with it a little bit. Finished it a little over a week. But the show I am talking about, of course, is The Fall of the House of Usher. Now, this is directed by Mike Flanagan. It is based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe. Now, there is The the Fall of the House of Usher. That is one uh, short story in particular. But this, what this show does, uh, I loved it. I'm just going to say it right off the bat. I fucking loved it. It's the perfect time for something like this to come out because it is the Halloween-y season. I think... um, Haunting a Hill House came out in October. I think most of his shows. But let me give you a rundown if you're not familiar with Mike Flanagan's work. Because he's somebody that, I gotta say it, because he's a key. I think, like, especially with streaming and stuff like that, I think maybe he slips under the radar uh, to some people, his work. He does a lot of horror. He's done Stephen King adaptations. He's done his own original horror. And he is somebody to just... Like I've I've become such a fan of over the years. Just a quick fan because all his work is just so satisfying. I mean, I listen. There's always this debate with um, movies and streaming, and uh, you know I'm a big, as you know, the Movie Thoughts podcast, right? As you know, I'm somebody who is an avid movie goer. Go to the movies at least once a week. Sometimes more. I practically live there. I see everything. And I'm a big fan of the movie theater experience. And I don't want that to go away ever. I think it's something that hopefully remains um, in some capacity. I know that theaters close. And the theatrical experience has you know, waned over the years because of stuff like streaming. And just it's it's you could listen, you could watch something on your TV in a, in a snap of a finger. Right. So it's understandable. Uh, and Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all these there's always all these streaming networks and there's straight to streaming movies. You know, when streaming, I'm not going to get into the history of, you know, movies that went straight to streaming, but especially when they started they weren't the greatest movies, right? It's like, and and honestly, from time to time, there is a lot of, for lack of a better way of saying it, a lot of fucking hot garbage that goes to streaming networks. You know, there's a lot of movies, and even though Netflix is, you know, the the fucking people behind 
putting out the Mike Flanagan stuff, I see a lot of fucking garbage going on Netflix. A lot of movies that are like, is this really necessary? Uh, they're kind of throwaway, very forgettable. But as I was getting into with the theater experience, it's, I love it. I love sitting in a movie. I just saw Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, directed by Scorsese, and to sit in a theater for three and a half hours, yeah, it's it's a it's an undertaking. But like to experience a Scorsese movie on the big screen, there's nothing like that, right? But with that uh, same conversation, the the when how do I say this? When Mike Flanagan's uh, shows, and now, now I'm not saying every one of them is perfect, but Mike Flanagan's shows. Uh, that he's done these Netflix streaming episodic their movies they it's a whole nother experience right and as a movie fan it is a 10 hour and 8 hour movie so like that's something that this new medium uh, this recently you know created medium gives a movie fan you because you really can't even with a three and a half hour movie like uh, Killers of the Flower Moon or Irishman, which went to Netflix. But, like, there's only so much, you know, you could do with a movie. I mean, it, but before you know it, even, like, you bring up the Lord of the Rings extended cuts. They're fucking four hours, four and a half hours. Like, to sit there and watch a movie four and a half hours, when, when it starts getting into that territory, then it's like you're going to break it into pieces, obviously. You're going to you to watch it straight through. It's 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 just almost impossible if you, if you know, as a... As just a working human and 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 living in life to sit there and watch something like that, but the streaming, like when a streaming show, uh, an episodic is just done right, it is just great. It is I I could I honestly in a lot of ways sometimes it's better than a theatrical experience. Just the like the the binge watching and the, the whether you split it over a course of days, just you invest yourself into these shows and specifically these Mike Flanagan shows uh, that have come out over the last few years. Now, uh, let's get into a little bit of what he's done for those who don't know. Now, he's directed a bunch of horror movies. He directed some smaller ones, uh, movies like Oculus, Hush, um, Before I Wake. Uh, he did a sequel. One of the first things that I watched that Mike Flanagan did, and, and listen, if you're if you're not a Mike Flanagan fan and you never watch his stuff, just... Except that this episode is going to be, it's going to be a little bit like, uh, you know, my, uh, talking about my love. And then I'll get to the House of Usher. But the first thing I saw that he did was Ouija uh, Origin of Evil. Now, I didn't even know what the first Ouija was. I probably uh, saw posters or whatever the hell for it. And I heard it was a shitty fucking horror movie. But I remember going to the theater because this one, I think I had like a, one of the early like, uh, whatever movie a month passes, and it was playing. I heard decent reviews. I went to go check it out, and I was like, oh, that was a pretty fun little horror movie. Haven't watched it in years, but after that, uh, when I discovered Mike Flanagan's other stuff and was blown away, I was like, wow, that's that guy. Now, he's, as I said, he's a big Stephen King fan. He's adapted Stephen King uh, novels. Novels like Gerald's Game, which is, is a fu it's a fucked up movie. If you've read the book, it's a fucked up book. Uh, there's some grisly stuff that goes on in there, and a lot of these are on Netflix. If you if you haven't seen them, um, but then he did The Haunting of Hill House, and The Haunting of Hill House 
It was a miniseries. It was 10 episodes. It was based on a fucking old book that I never read, and I was absolutely blown away by the show. I loved it. It was, I, I liked the, and it wasn't about the, you know, scary natures of it. Obviously, I love all that scary, ghoulish shit, but it was like just that, that real family story, and the, the characters all felt real. And by adapting this thing, you know, he took what he wanted to take, he he picked what he wanted to use, and he made this great miniseries. And then after that, he directed the sequel to The Shining, Dr. Sleep, which was a book, and I think he did a fucking stand-up job with that. I mean, because that was a tricky thing, too, because Stephen King doesn't like The Shining movie. Uh, but meanwhile, he wrote a sequel, Dr. Sleep, a few years before the movie came out. And so he, you know, he acknowledges that The Shining is, the movie is is well-loved, right? So, but he made a sequel to his book, and he kind of, you know, just followed it like that. If you, you could pick up the book being a Shining fan, there's obviously some things that happen in the novel uh, versus the movie, but, like, you could pick up Dr. Sleep, even ha- even have just, just read, uh, just watched the movie, and, you get the gist of it. You know, there's going to be some confusion on your part because you're going to realize maybe certain characters didn't perish or whatever. But Mike Flanagan's adaptation was like fucking impressive as fuck because this guy went and made a sequel to The Shining, you know, honored the book that Stephen King wrote, but then also tied it into the movie that most people know. The Shining for, and I think, and honestly, it's a fucking Ewan McGregor's in it, Obi Wan himself. What else could I say, right? But uh, I, I'm I'm going a little bit too into the filmography. Let's let's move along now. Then he does Haunting of Bly Manor, another uh, old book, and it's good. I didn't like Haunting of Bly Manor as much as um, Haunting of Hill House, but I thought it was pretty good. Then he does Midnight Mass which I liked as well. There's some vampire shit going on in there. It's dark. He then does Midnight Club, and now he has a new one, and it is the fall of the House of Usher. And as I said, this is um, based on, this is where it comes into play, similar to what he did with like Doctor Sleep and The Shining, where he kind of, uh, or even, even The Haunting of Hill House and Blind Manor, where he took you know elements from those stories. He cherry picks, right? And he cherry picks throughout a lot of Edgar Allan Poe stories. This isn't just the fall of the House of Usher, and that was the cool thing because I remember when I was looking at it. Um, so these are just some of the episode names. Now this is not spoiler. I'm not going to get the spoiler because I think uh, to watch this. But the first episode is called "A Midnight Dreary." The second episode is called "The Mask of Red Death." Third episode is called "Murder in the Rue Morgue." Uh, the Black Cat. The Telltale Heart, you see what I'm getting out here. Uh, the Pit and the Pendulum, The Raven, right? So those are all, if you're a Edgar Allan Poe fan, those are all Edgar Allan Poe short stories. So he's he, he's taking the titles and watching it. If you're listen, you will benefit from this if you have some knowledge. You'll you'll you, listen. If you come in on the outside and you've never read Edgar Allan Poe or anything like that, you're Still going to appreciate this because I think it's a great show. A great eight-hour movie, rather. But uh, being a fan of Edgar Allan Poe and knowing some of the 
Easter eggs or jelly beans, as my wife would call them. Knowing that just enhanced the experience for me. Um, as I said, like I liked Blind Manor when it came out. It didn't hit me the same way I think Haunting at Hill House did. So like I always temper my expectations. But with this one, I kind of went in, uh, you know, just expecting something enjoyable. It's a perfect time, Halloween. And honestly, I walked away really satisfied from this. And I love just... Yet again, I love the the take. I'm trying to be light on spoilers here, but I love just the elements he took out of said several Edgar Allan Poe stories. Uh, obviously, the House of Usher, the Full House Usher, and just created this great story. There's obviously uh, other writers in there with him working on it, and oh man, it's great! It's scary, it's creepy, it's engaging, uh, it's atmospheric. Uh, and it's just, yet again, the perfect thing to watch for Halloween. Uh, there's a lot of uh, good stuff that goes on here. And also, a lot of Mike Flanagan regulars. So if you have watched Mike Flanagan stuff before, you know some of the faces um, that have popped up. Uh, Carla Cugino is in this. Um, let's see who else. We also got Bruce Greenwood, uh, Henry Thomas, Kate Siegel. Just a bunch of people that have popped up in pretty much all of of the Netflix shows. And it, it's cool. It's cool to see how he uses the same actors a lot. And he puts them in different roles. Um, I'm forgetting her name, but the girl that was also in Dr. Sleep is in this one as well. You also get fucking Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's in this. And that was a surprise to me because I didn't know. I didn't really. I stayed away from watching too many trailers to this. I think I saw like just an early teaser. But Mark Hamill is in this. And he plays a pretty prominent role. And it's it's a cool role. It's a cool role because it's something that I've never really seen Mark Hamill play. So I appreciate it. He's got a cool kind of like voice. He's doing some things. And, of course, he comes from a voice acting background as well. So uh, I enjoyed that. But, yeah, I I love this fucking show. I love this thing. This, yet again, the perfect example of, of when Netflix or any of these streaming networks could really put great content out there and not, not not just try to get people to you know watch something for two hours. It's it's an engaging eight hour thing, and you couldn't make this as a movie. You know, the, and the same thing with Haunting Hill House or any of those Midnight Mass. You couldn't make them as a two hour movie. It's it goes too in deep, especially with the family. And the drama, and it spans generations. It's very, I was saying to my wife yesterday, the day before we were talking about it, uh, before we finished it, but I was like, it really is, to me, it feels the closest to Haunting a Hill House, where it's, uh, you know, family's relationship, and whatever other shit goes down, and all these different personalities, and clashing, and I like that aspect of it. And I like that each episode kind of focuses on certain characters and uh what their fates may be uh but yeah creepy and it's a cool way listen edgar Allan poe stories uh have been done over the years and to be honest i can't think of a real time i mean i'm not an expert but i can't think of a time when they were like true true uh, to the the source material, they've always taken elements. Whether it was way back in the '30s when it was like Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi popping up in a Universal movie based on you know the Raven, or the I think there was a Black Cat too. Uh, uh, 
they took elements, right? They took elements of Edgar Allan Poe's stories. Obviously, at that time, he was, you know, popular as well, uh, years after his death. But, so there's never really been that. There's also been, like, the um, Roger Corman, uh, Vincent Price movies that he's, that, that they've adapted the stories. And yet again, never really uh, fully taking on the source material. You know, listen, there's elements of a lot of those stories that are a bit dated. They've, they're written so long ago now. And that's the thing with this is like the way Mike Flanagan and his, his writing partners and the people who wrote it with him, whatever, the way they do it, the way they approach it, they put a fresh spin on it. And they kind of modernize it, but not in a way where it feels like, as I said, being somebody who's read Edgar Allan Poe in the past and liked him growing up, like you appreciate when you see those little things pop up. You're like, oh shit, that's cool. I like that they did that. Um, it's, there's dark shit. But then there's like shit that like I thought I would see coming. Like, oh man, I should have saw that coming and I didn't. You know, I'm not going to name. I'm going to avoid naming certain stories because it may spoil things. If you do know the outcome of some of the stories, but like they're the episode titles aren't per you know really spoilers because some of the episode titles relate to just taking a fragment of a story, whatever. But yeah, really cool the way they did it. They also uh, changed like I, I I never read the the fall of the house of usher, but they modernized it in a way where the usher Roderick and the the family they're from a, like a pharmaceutical uh, background, right? So like there, so they kind of bring that into the real world too, because obviously we have all these fucking people getting addicted to pills and fucking, and that is kind of the, uh, the, how this family made their money basically on other people's blood. So seeing that, uh, that modernization of that, and it just brings it into the, the fucking, the real life, you know, it brings it, it feels real, the characters feel real, and to take all these story elements and, and kind of like whittle them together and mesh them together and, and make this eight hour, essentially eight and a half hour, whatever it is, like movie that uh, utilizes all this Edgar Allan Poe stuff, like, and another thing, I got fucking Henry fucking Thomas, who, he is obviously known for fucking Elliot as E.T., right? He's a child actor. He's awesome. Man, I gotta say he's awesome. I know, like, he struggled, obviously, uh, you know, transitioning from uh, a child actor to an adult actor, but, like, he's been in most of the Mike Flanagan stuff, and he always, always gives a great performance. Very versatile. Uh, I mean, pretty much everybody in this cast who's popped up in other Mike Flanagan things the cool thing he he does when he casts is like he casts these people playing like drastically different roles to what they've previously played in his other films and um you know miniseries and that's cool and especially with Henry Thomas he's just fucking always delivers i recently uh, about a year ago now i re- i met him at a, at a horror convention it was, it was cool to meet him cuz fucking guy's legend you know he's in ET he's in one of my fucking favorite movies and he was, I was telling him, you know, I love all the fucking Mike Flanagan shit because that's just like a, a second uh, part of his life now uh, to be in all this cool stuff. And yet again, the perfect uh, Halloween watch. It's like now when did Bly Manor come out? Because I know Hill House came out in October. Bly Manor came out in October as well. 
I think they all came out in October now, come to think about it. Midnight Mass was September. Uh, but yeah, that it's, it's, it's almost become like a tradition to watch uh, this Mike Flanagan, uh, these, these horror miniseries. I just, anytime he's, he's got me as a fan for life. I think anytime I see his name attached to something, uh, I know he's got another movie. I forgot what it was there. He's working on something, but I don't know. I'm started. I think I prefer his, uh, series, his limited series to his movies, but I also haven't seen all his movies, but I just like when he has all that time and he doesn't have to rush something. He could take his time. There's even a on the Doctor Sleep Blu-ray. There's even like I think that movie was two and a half hours in theaters. There's like a three hour cut on the Blu-ray that's more fleshed out and it has stuff that was in the book that wasn't in the theatrical release. I'm like, I'll take that. I will take that uh, because it's like a, I love that shit. I love it. I highly recommend if you're not watching, if you have a Netflix subscription and you're not watching the Mike Flanagan shit, then you're really missing out. Uh, as I said, I can't stress enough, really, like, really utilizes the medium. And this, this is what, like, this is when streaming is like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Sometimes better than a movie. And dare I say, I don't know, like, I... House of Usher may have been uh, masterpiece, maybe masterpiece. I liked Haunting a Hill House a lot too. I put them pretty much on the same level. I got to rewatch all of them because now, like, I'm in the mood uh, if I ever have the time. But yeah, damn good. And and yet again, just so so enjoyable. Uh, love love the spin that he put on this. And yeah, I'm, just, I'm biting my tongue trying not to spoil. Uh, the series at all, but definitely watch uh, the fall of the house usher. It's eight episodes. We figured an hour each. I think the last episode was a little bit longer, an hour and twenty. But I love the way it all tied up. Uh, a lot of emotion in there as well, and uh, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Highly recommend. So check that out if you haven't. But yeah, that is the podcast. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening, welcome. Um, usually it's about movies, but you know what? It could be about something like this because, as I said, that's like a fucking eight-hour movie. Uh, what else? Five Nights at Freddy's comes out next week. I'm checking it out. I'm going to dress up like the big bear, and I'm going to go to theater. No, I wish I was. I wish I had the theater, uh, the costume, rather. But, yeah, I'm going to try to bring my nephew. He's probably going to get scared, but it's going to be a fun time, right? The creepy Chuck E. Cheese-inspired uh, story. It, it's, it's a video game. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good. I hope, I hope it delivers. On the creep, I hope there's a nice amount of jump scares, uh, you know, like that feel like the video game. But we will see. But yeah, check out the other episodes. As I said, I recently watched Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, and I liked it. And you can listen to the previous episode where I talk about that. I do not get the spoilers, so you are safe. Um, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff on Spotify, iTunes, however that works. Uh, and yeah, all that good stuff. You can check me out on Instagram, TikTok. And uh, Twitter at Dom Solo Reels, where I post some funny videos from time to time. And that is pretty much it. Thanks for listening, and have a good night.